Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. So excited, as always, to be here this week. And in the continuing saga of the sound-induced vertigo post-ear surgery, it still is horrible. So um, I save everything up so I can do this show during the week. And I miss coming to the radio station every day. So hopefully you guys have not noticed a difference from me having a call-in from home where I can control the amount of sound that comes into my ear so that I can give my best to you every time I do this show every week. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful for all of you and for all the prayers and love and, and stuff that you've sent as I've been dealing with all of this. And as a thank you, I have a dear friend that is on my show today that I've wanted to have on. We've talked about it for years and years. And he is the man that created my first website for me after I sold my tech services company. And, you know, he taught me about digital marketing way back when. And he is just one of those people that is somebody you want in your corner. And I'm so grateful, Stuart Crawford, that you are able to be here with me today. I'm just so happy, Laura, that the uh, sun, moon, and the skies lined up and we're able to do this today. So thanks for, uh, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for saying yes. It was like, oh, my God, we haven't done this yet. How come we haven't done this yet? We've talked about it for so long. And, you know, now that you're in Sebring, Florida, and not in Canada, it's like you're just a hop, skip, and a jump. And we haven't even seen each other since you and Missy, your, your lovely wife, moved to Florida either. I think the last time we saw each other, we were just getting off a cruise at uh, Cape Canaveral, and we came down to Melbourne and had lunch at the beach one day. And I, was, I still remember that day like it was yesterday. Yeah, was, that, was, was, that was a was long time married. ago, though. And we met at a restaurant in Cocoa Beach right on That's the right. water. I can't remember That's the right. name of it, but I love that place. It's like literally you step outside the outdoor tiki hut thing, and you're literally on the sand in Cocoa Beach. You know, when I moved to Florida, my whole uh, focus was to get out to the beach as much as possible. I can't remember the last time I ever went to the beach. So there you go. I guess I'm becoming a true Floridian now. I'm just like life is consuming the day-to-day recreation part of the novelty of living in Florida. Well, plus you didn't move near the beach. You moved like inland. (laughs) I know. I know. You know, Sebring's a great place to live, and, uh, you know, I never get a chance to raise a family here, but it's a great place. Highlands County is a great place to live, and I love love what we got going on here. And, uh, yeah, I think I picked a good, you know, obviously all all Florida's good. I think I picked a really good spot for for us to set up a business anyways. Well, I I know that there's a different um, tack that I want to take with the show today, but that raises a really good question that I know so many of my listeners have. How do you know when it's the right time to move? I mean, you picked up and moved from Canada to the U.S. You searched all around. You decided on, you know, Sebring, Florida, but you had a successful business in Canada. And and then you're like, okay, well, we're going to shift something. So what was going through your head? What questions were you asking yourself that helped you make those decisions? You know, great question, and I think the best way to answer that is this way. It, it's the decision to move to Florida from Canada was 
brewing many, many years prior. And if you ask my financial advisor up in Canada, she'll say that I moved. I, I had a, a knack for timing things perfectly. So I li- used to live after I, uh, so long story short, I, I joined the Canadian Army when I was 18 years old. I, uh, I ended up uh, living in a place called Calgary, which is uh, very well known for the 88 Olympics and a few other, uh, you know, hubs of business. It was, you know, the, the center of uh, the oil and gas industry in Canada. And we built a you know, when we first met, I had a successful managed IT services business, or what, you know, an MSP as we call it in our industry, uh, there, and uh, for layman terms, a tech services company. And you know, and I decided I had ten or eleven years ago, a gentleman came in my office with uh, the per- offer for me to sell, and I decided it was time for me to get out of that business. And I, I walked away from it after building it for seven and a half, eight years. And uh, and started my next chapter, which is uh, doing what I was doing for my own business, my own IT business, but helping others uh, with the same thing. And we've been doing that now for ten years. But the 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 foundation for that is, you know, we're an internet-based business, so technically I could work from anywhere. I have actually, since we work, live and work in Highlands County, but we don't have any clients in Highlands County. I think our nearest client is in uh, Polk County in Lakeland. And we have a couple, uh, one in the villages and one up in Orlando and, and a few down in South Florida. And then the rest is scattered all around the world from there. But, you know, we, 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 I built the company with the foundation and I didn't actually have to be in any physical location to serve our clients. So we started the company in 2010 in Calgary. And then um, the Calgary market was a little soft. The oil and gas business was uh, not doing so well in 2009, 2010. And I had an opportunity to move back to my home in Niagara Falls, Canada, um, for people that uh, everybody seemed to know where Niagara Falls is, and I set up I set up shop there and um, met my uh, my wife and we got married and all that you know that fairy tale story there with that, and then we were you used to come down to the U.S. for the winter, so we were the snowbirds. You know, we first started off as snowbirds, and you know, love them or uh, <laughs> love them or hate them, but uh, you know, uh, the snowbirds are here and they're part of the, a great part of the economy. We were one of them, right? But and we were going to go ahead, Laura. in the Vero Beach area. Yes, of course. Yeah, like especially on the coast areas, right? Uh, so we ended up going to Myrtle Beach first, and uh, we had a you know rented a few places, and my cousin had a place that we rented, and. We, we really enjoyed Myrtle Beach, but it wasn't warm enough. And my uncle had a place in Avon Park, which is just north of Sebring. So he said he invited us down, and we uh, we were checking it out. And he told me that my aunt was, uh, you know, not not doing so wise health wise, and they wanted not to have the burden of owning a place in uh, in the U.S. So I decided to buy it off, and that's so that's how I ended up in Highlands County, because my uncle was selling his place. I would have never thought about moving to Highlands County other than my uncle was selling his place. We bought it, and then. Missy and I liked it so much down here that we decided to, you know, settle down here full time. And there's another one of the timing um, things in Canada. We, you know, there was a political change happening in Canada, and we were looking at, you know, just financial, and we were paying taxes in two countries. And you understand tax uh, structure. Um, U.S. is based on residency, and Canadian taxes are based on. Uh, sorry, the other way around. Canadian is based on residency, and U.S. is based on citizenship. So we decided to become full-time residents in the U.S. And we had the right paperwork to, to allow that to happen. So we were no longer paying taxes in two countries, which so it was a good time, timing-wise was a good, a good move for us. So my financial advisor says I timed everything perfectly. But really, you know, really it was just, you know, there was, there was a lot of factors that just lined up to allow us to, uh, to move down here and call, uh, you know, Central Florida our home. So it really sounds like 
for you, you just started listening to that innate feeling inside of you, and then you started exploring other areas of the country. But something in your gut said it's time to consider seriously moving from where we are. But then you created a business that didn't matter where you lived. That I find fascinating. I mean, right now your business is helping doing marketing and SEO and helping. It's really more than that. I mean, what what Ulistic, your company, does is help businesses build their businesses by getting them the right clients. Would that be a great way of summarizing it? You know, in a yeah, very simple terms, yeah, that's exactly what we do. You know, we help them, uh, you know, realize uh, who they're they're getting allowed in front of the tar- the right target audience, but, so they can know, focus on what so they, do, they do better. From running a technical technology services company like I had and like you had till you sold it, when you said the the right buyer came along and made you an offer you couldn't refuse, but you know what, you could have refused it, but something inside of you said no, it's time to move on. You know, it's funny because you and I had some very in-depth conversation. I still remember sitting at the, oh, you know, I can't remember the name of the hotel in Orlando now, but uh, the first where we had our first peer group meetings, and we oh, sat yeah, in the yeah, yeah. we sat in the the lounge area there, and we talked about we talked about the exact topic because you were you were moving uh, from up north down to here, and you met you met Rory, and there was you know your deal your dealings there, and I was kind of looking at the same thing. I, I just personally myself, I kind of ran up against that brick wall where I. You know, I lost my passion for what I was doing, uh, and I knew it was time for a change when I stopped my when I my passion was dwindling, and I you know I didn't. Uh, I, it's not like I didn't care for what I did and people I took care of, but that jump to get up in the morning and be the first one in the office was start, starting to die. I found myself getting to the office later and later. And a funny story about that because it kind of relates back to when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. I had my one of my first jobs, and my father was very adamant that I uh, learn the skill of hard work early in my life. So he arranged for me to become a dishwasher at a local pub in Niagara Falls when I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I enjoyed it at first, but I found that passion for it turned to dwindle off. And I was getting that same feeling in 2008 with my IT business where I kind of knew it was time to do something else. And... Um, and so I you knew that the, t- the timing was perfect. You know, you're right. I had a choice. I could have said if I had that passion burning inside me, I probably would have said no. But I was ready. Personally, I was ready to do something new and try some new, uh, new things. And it was the same thing with the military. When I was in the military, I, you know, I just knew it. It was time to go and do something else. What do they say? The average entrepreneur lifespan is like seven to ten years. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, every one of those is right in that kind of, and now, now Ulistic has been 10 years, so I've lived through that time period. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other cool thing is that there was enough change in uh, our models here that it kept new challenges constantly showing up. We didn't have a chance to uh, get into that, that rut of the status quo. Yeah, and, you know, it's not just entrepreneurs. I was talking to a dear friend of mine yesterday, and she's living in the house she's currently living in longer than she's ever owned a house before. She tends to move every so many years, and and I can sense the antsiness she's getting with that. So for, for many people, it's in many areas of your life, you're just like, I need change, I need change, I need change, I need to shake things up. But yet for so many people, it's difficult, Stuart, to say, 
okay, here's how I'm going to shake it up. Or they're afraid to make that leap because that unknown first step of where do I go, what do I do, but yet you've made so many of those changes in your life, and I know it hasn't been perfect. I know that you've, like myself and every entrepreneur, we've had small failures and big failures and big successes and small successes. And what do you think it is about yourself that enables you to pick yourself up and make those shifts? There's probably two, maybe three things, Laura, that I find that uh, that that's me. Now, one is I love living in a state of constant chaos. Uh, not not disorganized chaos, but organized chaos. And I know that that some people just can't live that way, but I like uh, I don't like it when the water's calm. I'm I'm kind of a I, I'm one of my thing. My wife and I love we love cruising, so we just got back off of another a quick weekend uh, trip to Nassau and Coco Cay on the weekend and. Um, you know, but one of the things I love about the cruising, you know, when I like it when the water is a little rough, you know, it creates some excitement into it, right? And I kind of live my life that way too, where I like it when it's a little topsy turvy, you know, it keeps me on my toes, and that for me is just that's what you know that I just can't stand sitting still. I'm 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 that way when I'm I, when I'm watching TV at night. I have to have something else to divert my attention. Uh, I just don't like I can't sit somewhere still. Uh, for a long period of time, I got always got to have something, something on the go, and that you know I think that's what uh, you know keeps me going is that that pursuit of you know something new and some new challenge, and in that controlled chaos. And now I know I have a I have a team of people here in, in Sebring as well that work for me that don't necessarily see that way. So as a business owner, as I uh, I have to also make sure that. To them, it looks nice and smooth and sailing, but then the side I'm going, okay, what next do I have to do? You know, it's getting too calm. I got to create some, you know, not uneasiness, but it's got to create some momentum. And, uh, and I think that's what drives me as a marketer, too, is that I'm, I'm not afraid. That's what I think why some people come to work with us is I'm not afraid to try something new, to break the norm, to go outside of the box and think as a kind of a cliche, but really thinking outside the box for me. Uh, and that, that 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 control chaos. I think that's what that's what drives me the most. Okay, well let's let's click on that and go a little deeper into that because you you said something that is one of the biggest questions that tend to come up for my clients and even for my my listeners that they talk about when they're staffing people and you're building your business and you're looking to market. There is a chaos, it seems like, right? And I've seen more businesses fail because they bring the wrong people on board or they bring the wrong marketing ideas on board to build their business because it doesn't fit with who they are. So they can't maintain it. They're like, oh, okay, I'll try it because this, you know, I have to stretch into my um, discomfort zone. But yet it doesn't work. So what do you, how do you, Speak to that with your staff and your clients having to mesh, you know, your personality as a business owner with what your clients need you to do for them and what your staff needs. You know, very, uh, very interesting thoughts uh, I'm writing down as you've been talking there. Let's address people first because I think that's uh, – 
a critical area. Um, so I have made numerous hiring blunders. Uh, I've hired uh, great people that I just failed to keep um, for one reason or another. So I let some good people walk out the door that I should have done a better job, um, you know, with understanding what their goals and dreams were. Um, so learning experiences for me, you know, and again, this is 10 years in the making and I'm still learning. You know, it's been really 20 if you factor in the time I worked in my own IT service company. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still learning every day. I mean, that's the thing is I, I'm not, I am not the best, uh, HR type person, right? I'm, I need, I need a person next to me who can make sense of all that stuff and kind of keep me in check to make sure, uh, you know, make sure that I'm following the rules, uh, because I'm, because dri- I am driven, like people that know me the best know that I'm very client focused. Like everything is for the client. Actually, I, we have a saying in our office that I am just the facilitator of the paycheck. The client actually pays your paycheck. I just find the check. Um, and you know, client always come, the client always comes first. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, that's how I'm driven, but not everybody, not everybody has that same dying passion for, for that. And you know, so what I had to learn is there are some people that just treat this as a nine to five job, you know, at nine, at five o'clock they go home and they have other interests or hobbies. And, you know, that, you know, that was a very tough lesson for me to learn that, you know, not everybody has the same level of passion. I'm not going to say commitment because everybody, I think everybody has the same level of commitment, but at, you know, at, when I'm trying to figure out the latest search engine optimization uh, methodology at 10:30 at night, well, they're, they got other priorities in life. Maybe it's, you know, their families or maybe it's a, a car hobby or carpentry or amateur radio or whatever, you know, whatever their hobbies are to them after, after business hours, that's their, that's their priority. So understanding that was very, very important for me, making sure that I have the right, the right people that can put the 100% effort in during, uh, during the business hours. But, and, but understanding for me that I'm not going to find the, right, the exact mirror to me. Now, I'm very lucky my spouse is in the business too, and she has the same level of commitment to, you know, for the business as I do. And I'm very lucky that way. Uh, it's, it's a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time. Uh, so, for anybody who's been in business with their spouse, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it sounds like one of the things that you've learned is that if you can't deal with staff that is a nine-to-fiver, if that's just going to frustrate you, then somehow that needs to come out during the interview process as well. Because if you're going to be expecting them to have the same passion as you and they don't, you need to understand that about yourself. Is that correct? Is, yeah, that's, you're, you're on the right train of thought. Now, I'm going to share something. A very dear friend of both you and I, Arlen Sorensen, I think he was a guest on your show a little while ago. Several, several times. Um, I love Arlen. Yeah. Arlen and I, you know, and you, we all, we've all kind of friends in the circle, but Arlen taught me a very important, he taught me many important lessons, but uh, the two biggest ones that he has taught me is one, there's no such thing as over-communication. You can definitely under-communicate, but there's no such thing as over-communication. And, this, and that goes for external and internal. The second thing that Arlen taught me is no matter how hard you try, people are always going to disappoint you. And so if I understood that, you know, if I have an expectation that, hey, we're working on a big project and I need you here 
at 10 o'clock at night to work on this project, um, and but you have other priorities, I need to take that and say, yeah, that's that's their that's their life. That's their priority. I can't be I can't become disappointed about that, even though I want them there. And to answer your question about getting the right people that kind of that are like me, can you imagine, Laura, two of me in one room? No, no, I, I absolutely can't, Stuart, because you just we fill would, a room with with Stewardness. We would butt heads so hard it would be un- unbelievable. We'd be having a wrestling match in the corner of the room. Yeah, it, it would be impossible. But yet, you need people that compliment you. Exactly. So that level-headed, you know, high, you know, if you understand disc analysis, I'm a very, I'm a double D. Like, just get out of my. If you get, if you don't get out of my way, I'm just going to go right through you type personality when it when it comes to work kind of stuff. But I need somebody who's a very analytical, very detail-oriented person who's going to pick up on those little details that I don't see. Okay. All right. So that's that's the people side. Yep. Let's talk about the other side. You said you wanted to, there were a couple of things in what I had asked. So I'm just trying to remember what the other thing was. <laughs> it's just it escapes you right now. But, you know, there's so many, there's so many, you know, things out there that, uh, you know, that I have, I have picked up on. And so people, and the other thing, you know, this is not what I was thinking, but it kind of just dropped in my head now is, you know, as as we're going through this um, world that, you know, great talent is very hard to find. Just ask anybody that runs a, you know, a business that, you know, how hard it is to find the great, great people out there. Um, we're now starting to realize that processes and systems are just as important as the people side of our business. So now it's kind of backtracking on 10 years of what's in Stewart's head and getting it on paper. And I agree with you there because I feel like if you don't have the right processes and systems in place, then you're setting your people up to fail. Oh, very much so. Yeah, that's and that's I can I can tell all kinds of stories about that. You know, just say you know my you know just because I pick up on something uh, very easily because uh, I'm a technician deep down inside. I've always been a technician. I still like to play around with technical stuff and try to figure something out that's broken. But I can look at something and probably figure it out in five or ten minutes. It may take somebody who's not at the same level as I am, you know, five or more hours or even days to figure it out. And I can't allow that. I gotta get I gotta get that train that training done so people can pick up on the things. And if we see something, document that so you know in the future it's not there's not an issue where I have to go back and. Um, you know, and relearn that or just, or I'm the one getting the phone call and say, hey, can you fix this again for us? Gotcha. All right. We're, we're getting, we're going to be going into the national news break at the bottom of the hour. And when we come back from the break, I, I'd love to focus on some of the things that you help your your clients with around this whole idea of marketing and the fact that, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you'll share this with my listeners as well, you know, startups especially, unless they're a, a Silicon Valley startup, rarely have a big marketing budget. And I know that one of the things that you're so brilliant about is helping your clients scale up their marketing efforts and putting the focus on the right things. So when we come back from the break, can you help share some of that, your hard hard thought, learning that you've learned and started putting processes together for? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to talk about that. This has been so great so far. So um, 
We're here with Stuart Crawford, president and CEO of Ulistic. And you know what's really cool? He's the only company I know that um, helps other companies grow and has a money-back guarantee if he can't help you do it, which rarely happens because he just helps you do it. So we'll be right back with more from Stuart Crawford after um, this commercial break. Actually, it's not really commercial. It's a news break. But, um, you know, I love being here with you every week. And this is it. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, and answering all the right questions is my dear friend, Stuart Crawford. Um, Like me, he owned a tech services company, but unlike me, he built a new business in Sebring, Florida that helps businesses market their businesses, and unlike any other business I've ever heard of, he actually has a money-back guarantee. I love that about you, Stuart. I love that you approach business from a completely different perspective. Well, you know that's you know we thought we we went and brainstormed all kind of different ideas. So let me, if you mind, can I just give a quick description of what we do, so that you know your listeners know exactly what Ulistic does. Is that okay to go just give a quick thirty second uh, spiel there? Yeah, absolutely. And then we're going to dive into some tips you have. Great. So um, as Laura mentioned, we do offer money back guarantee, and that was a unique offering that we decided to come up with. But our focus, and this may spur some questions, is. We're very specialized in what we do. So I mentioned we came out of the, and Laura and I both work own tech services businesses. So our company only works in the tech services field. And we decided to specialize in a very tight niche because I, first off, I knew that industry. And secondly, it would allow me to scale with minimal amount of, uh, staffing and, uh, you know, different learning, you know, going from an IT business one minute to a law firm to a medical services company. I, I, it was easy for me to specialize and become well-known in one industry. So we provide digital marketing and traditional marketing services now for the tech services community. So very, very specialized, Laura. And that's, that's important to, to really um, spend a little moment on before we go into some tips on marketing because it actually is its own tip on marketing, right? You understood what market you could best serve and what you wanted to serve, and you picked it. But yet, so many people that have businesses, I see this from my clients, I see it with myself as well, that we can't seem to narrow down who our clients are and the market we want to target. So that would make it very hard to do marketing or PR or anything about your business to bring in the right clients. So how do you help, what advice would you give to a business, whether it's a a tech business or a non-tech business, to help them start moving forward even if they have no budget and they're they're not quite sure how to market? Long-winded way of asking. Yeah, yeah. So getting getting to the original question about, you know, why, you know, why specialize first? And I have that conversation with Every one of my clients, because you know, in the tech services world, as you know, there, you know, every industry has their own requirements and compliance and just applications they use. So what I what I have realized, and when my IT service business was specialized in oil and gas, and what there's a great book uh, called The Pumpkin Plan that really helped shed some light light on this. Now, I was doing The Pumpkin Plan by uh, the author's name is Mike McCallowitz, I do believe. Um, I, I was doing the pumpkin plan before the book was written, so you no, know, I think Mike and I are on similar paths. I mean, we just didn't know it. 
But what specializing in a market gave us was the ability to become authorities in that market. So understanding, you know, you know, just what, what's going on, and uh, and and be able to speak and talk intelligently about you know, the day-to-day happenings. It also allowed us to make very strategic relationships with the other industry, other people in the same industry that service the same market. So instead of you know spreading ourselves way too thin, trying to be everything to everyone, uh, we we decided to specialize. Now we do that we do that today as well. And uh, I'm not nearly as active as I once was, just as active because you know I rather travel for pleasure now instead of traveling for business. But uh, I found myself being away from home a lot and going to conferences, and I just decided one day not to do those anymore. But the um, you know the thing is, it's, you know coming you know, and I think what allowed me, Laura, to to make that decision was that I was respected and and seen as an industry authority um, in a good way in the market. So people were sourcing me out versus me having to go find people to work with. And well, that, that, take, and that, take, that right? takes... If, that if takes, people are sending you a certain kind of client, then maybe that's a client you should focus on. That takes And that takes time to build that, right? That doesn't happen overnight. So taking taking the, you know, understanding that Life is in you know in personal life and business is a is a marathon and not a sprint, and it's, and success isn't going to happen overnight. There's an old saying I can't remember who originally said it, but you know I'm a I'm an overnight success ten years in the making. Right. And you know at, and then people don't see all the uh, you know the failures and missteps and fumbles and whatever analogy you want to do that happen in the first ten years. All they see is. Wow, this company is a good company. I never heard of you until today, you know. So, folk, you know, I know it's tough because everybody, you know, and this this is the same problem IT service companies that I consult with have. You know, they don't want to say no to people. But if you look at the most successful individuals in business today, they say no more times than they say yes, and that that you know, people don't want people almost have this feeling they don't want to disappoint people. So they take on everything they possibly can, and then realize, and then they then they can't deliver, and then they end up disappointing people anyways. So I rather much you know have a very small client base. And I was talking to a a respected competitor a few uh, weeks ago about this. He he was bragging about how his business was on the Forbes five thousand list and top businesses in Tampa type list. And and I said I'm quite happy with the side you know getting one client a month and doing the best job I can. And he was he said. Kind of shockingly, because I can respect that because you're at the stage of your life where, you know, you know what you want, and you know, Missy and I have a very, a very good life, and uh, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be chained to my desk uh, 24 hours a day like I used to be one time. You know, I turned 50 this year, and you know, I have a different perspective in life when you hit that, you know, hit that magic 50 number. I know that feels young to me. I'm 56, (laughs) 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 but yeah, it's important to know that what you want for your life and build your business around what you're willing to tolerate and and what you're wanting to do with your life. So I want to make sure that you get a chance to share some stuff with, Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of tech companies that follow my show as well as non-tech companies. And every time I ask this question of anybody I have on my show that deals with marketing, whether it's offline or online marketing, so Internet-based or or traditional marketing, is there one marketing strategy that you feel is important no matter what your business? 
you know, that's a, you know, I would say five years ago, I said, yeah, I got to be number one on Google and you have to be, you know, have a really good looking website. No, and those things are important. Uh, and, but I, I've kind of been humbled a little bit in my life as I, as I mature. And I think the best marketing campaign, the best marketing strategy you can have is just to show people that you care. And I know that, uh, you know, that, you know, what does that actually mean? But, you know, every one of the clients that I bring on board now, I, my number one goal is to become friends with them to the point where, you know, if I'm up in Atlanta, you know, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big football fan and a diehard Buffalo fan. Like, you know, you're never going to take my bills away out of, out of my soul, my spirit. You know, but if, I, if I'm in Tampa, if I'm in listen, Tampa or Atlanta or Miami, and there's, you know, the bills are in town, I like to take clients out for that. You know, have a you know have a friend, a relationship with them outside of work. Um, but you know, if you can demonstrate to people that you care about their success, about care about their life, and you know and care about their business and care about everything that you could do, they will become clients for life. They, they will never go shopping you know, away from you. They will go shopping away if you, if you don't demonstrate that. So if they have, you know, and you got to understand this, and, you know, that their, their issue or their need or whatever, you know, if they're calling your office looking for something, it's a priority to them. It may seem like a low priority to you, but to them, they're calling you for a reason, so be attentive to their needs, and you know that's the best. That's the best marketing tip I can give because those people, once they understand how much you care about them, uh, they will be. They will refer your, you know, refer business to you. They will become, you know, a trusted, a, ra- a raving fan. And my uh, friend uh, Frank Allen, who is a former Canadian soldier with me, him and I served together. Um, he once told me, and I don't know if this is his thing, but I'll I'll give him credit for it. Uh, people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and I've kind of, I forgot about that for a little while as I went through some, you know, some issues personally with my own personal development. But coming back now, I realized that, you know, that was, some, that was a very important lesson. The best, the best tip I can give people outside of the technical marketing stuff, if you just show that you care about their success, they will care about your success. That's a true go-giver philosophy and Bob Berg's been on my show many many times and I know that you're a big fan as well I've never heard it put quite that way before so you said people won't know how much you know until they know how much you care people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care okay and and that's such a tweetable comment out there it it really is a life lesson isn't it Stuart because you can market all you want online and even offline but the average person doesn't do business with somebody unless they know you care about them. Yeah, you know, if I, I've had, uh, you know, on paper, well, you know, let me, let me back up. People always ask me during the, um, the research stage of their, you know, trying to find a marketing agency, and they always ask, you know, okay, you know, so what, what makes you different than your competitors? And that's a very difficult question, you know. I used to think it was, oh, you know, we do SEO better than our competitors and we have better, you know, reality, that's the 80% stuff that everybody does. But what's the 20% that makes you unique? And I always say this, you know, no matter how big a, a company I get, and we're not going to get any bigger than, much bigger than we are now, um, revenue-wise, we're going to stay pulled the same. But no matter how mature our company gets or whatever happens, 
my phone my my phone will always be available to you. You can call my here's my phone number. You can call it. Here's my personal email. You can call it. I'm not going to hide behind a, a gatekeeper. If you need anything from me, call me, text me, email me, whatever it is. I'm available to you. And that's you know that's part of the twenty percent that makes us unique. And I've only had in ten years, Laura, of a business one person who never did business with us because they didn't want to have all the the success of the relationship resting on the CEO shoulders. And, I, and my response was, but that's my job to make sure our company is successful and you're successful. That's what I get. That's why, that's why you pay me a monthly retainer is for making sure that, you know, you have somebody that you can call on. So we, never, we ended up never winning that business. Probably a good thing. But everybody who's, you know, says, well, gee, I can't, you know, I don't get that same warm and fuzzy from, you know, the other companies that we're talking to, so we're going to choose you guys because, you know, I like the fact that, because we work with business owners, and business owner to business owner is a very beneficial relationship when you can get it. Instead of, you know, I always find my worst relationships in business are the ones when I have to go through a committee. You know, no, no not one person can make up a decision, but business owner to business owner, those are the ones that I like, and that's perfect for us because we work in that small business market anyways, it's normally people like you and I that we're talking to on a daily basis. Right. A true service-based business is, is serving, serving your clients and giving them what they need even before they knew they needed it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that we do a little differently that uh, not everybody does is I, un- I get to learn my clients very, you know, in- very intimate relationship. And, um, I can, you know, if I see something happening, I have the trust of, I would say almost 100% of my clients that, you know, for example, there was uh, this Capital One data breach that occurred uh, recently. I think it's just like fresh off the press as of yesterday. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we already have news out on the Internet, and I just took a couple of my clients that specialize in security and quartered them without even getting a quote from them. But they all, they, all, they all will still thank you and thanks for looking out for us versus saying, well, you don't have the authority to make that. I know your business enough that I was able to make that call for you. And, you're, and you know what? They're all grateful. Right, because you've been helping them with their marketing for so long. You, you know their business inside and out, so you know what they would say. And the part of that, you know, I, we, sit, uh, you know, we sit at the same boardroom table. We sit at the same restaurant tables and have lunch together. And... Another very important business tip, and this goes back to my IT services days, and I actually, I think if you even Google it now, you can probably find the quote somewhere on some old article that I was published in, and I, and I, remember, I remember it vividly. It says, you know you hit success with your client relationships when they invite you to their Christmas parties. And don't yeah. expect you to make a donation to their charity. Exactly. We had we had we had clients that we worked with in Calgary that would they all went, wanted to go to Banff on the uh, for Christmas parties. So these beautiful hotels in Banff, and we would get invited to them just like we were one of the staff members. It was fantastic, you know. And I said, I said that, and I quoted that in the article last time. I said that's when you hit the true pinnacle of success when your clients think that you are part of the company. You're just not a vendor to them. And. That's something that's getting harder and harder to do because so many people are feeling that they have to take a step back from those personal relationships, that the only way they can grow their businesses is through social media and through online. But what I'm hearing you saying is you can't forget that other part. 
Well, social media to me is just an extension of that. So all these people that just retweet stuff or have stuff automated, uh, that you know, that's all nice and, and nobody pays attention. The numbers show that you know the views are very very small. It's funny, the most the biggest feedback I get on my social media, you know, likes on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever platform is, is when I share something about me. An experience that I had at a restaurant or or something like that. It's it's the personal side. So I view social media as just an extension of what we do naturally face to face. It's just a digital form of that. It's you know, it's it's relationships at the end of the day. You don't want to be marketing at people. You want to be marketing for people. I get it. I get it yeah. a lot. You want to be a magnet. You want to attract people to you, not push. You know what's the old thing? You know, uh, you know. Certain if you if you line up the poles of the magnet, it repels, right? If you have it set the other way, it attracts. You want to be that person to attract people into your uh, into your communities and your followings, and that goes for any industry. If you're if you're um, providing floral services or IT services or law uh, legal services, you want to be seen as that person who who who's who's compassionate, uh, cares about people. But also has, you know, obviously it comes down to the day, you've got to be able to get the job done too. We both have another mutual friend, Kendra Lee. Um, she wrote a, a great book called The Sales Magnet, which I don't know if you ever read that one, Stuart, but it's, it's so you. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I, haven't, I have to check that out. I, I haven't seen Kendra in years. I think the last time I saw her was at a conference in Phoenix. It was years and years ago. She was a guest on my show last year, and, uh, you know, I just love having her on because she's just a wealth of information like you are as well. Um, what do you think your biggest learning experience has been in the years that you've been in business? Oh, that's such a interesting question. I'm going to say trust. For years, I went through some very tough issues with trust. And my big aha was when I really, you know, going back to what Arlen taught me about disappointment, right, is, but also trust the people, you know, give them the ability to do the job, trust that they're going to do the job, and allow them to make mistakes. And that's, cause that's how I learned was making mistakes and, 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 drop, and fumbling the football and, you know, whatever you want to, analogy you want to use. But I had to trust I had, to, I had to trust them that, that, you know, if they make a mistake, they'll make it right. And, if they, you know, and then use that as a time to coach them on, you know, maybe some different strategies and stuff. And, again, I'm not a – I don't claim to be a, a U.S. political expert, expert on, but I believe it was Ronald Reagan who said, you know, trust but verify. Uh, but also, you know, as an owner, I had to go back and verify if there was an experience, you know, a time to uh, – see any improvements or ways way to do things, but it all started with trust. I had, so for years, I thought, Laura, that I was the only one that can do a job. And what I found myself, I was working 18 hours a day. Um, I don't know if you know this, but five years ago, I had a heart attack, ended up in the hospital for a week. I and did not know that. How did I not know that? I don't know. I, that's, you know but you know, lucky, lucky enough for me, it wasn't anything too serious. Now, Missy will tell you otherwise, but uh, for me, lucky enough, it was anything too serious. I didn't have any surgeries or any stents or anything put in, but it was an eye-opener that I was just working too hard. And uh, so I had to, I, my first thing after I got out of the hospital was I had to hire four, four people. 
to take four things off my plate. And I had to trust that they were going to do the job. And actually, you know what? At the end of the day, they all turned out to be superstars. And um, that, was my big, that was my big aha moment was, you know, I had to trust these people. But you also put processes in place to enable you to trust them. You didn't now, just throw them now. in and say, okay, just do it. Now, yeah, yes, now, but back then, uh, you have a little bit of a, you know, dip my toe in the water and see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, we, we learned the hard way as well in that, you know, it's that, yeah, we had to, you know, we also helped people that we brought on help us develop those processes. Okay. Trust is such a hard thing for so many entrepreneurs because, like you said, they feel that they can do it better than anybody, and it's letting go, delegating any part of their business, including the parts that they don't do well. I, I have a friend it's their, it's in tech baby. right now who struggles with the HR side of the business and the financial side of the business, but he's unwilling to bring anybody on board that can help him with it because he's like, I don't have the time to teach them how to do what they need to do. And it's like, well, but you're not doing it well, so maybe they can teach you something. <laughs> well, that's right. It's the same thing with me. I, I, I don't have a passion for accounting. I found a CPA here in Sebring who is, like, the best CPA in the world, and I, I gave her one mandate. Uh, keep me out of trouble with the IRS and keep me, you know, cash flow positive. Well, I guess that's two mandates, right? And she does a wonderful job. But she knows that industry. She knows. She doesn't know IT services, but she knows everything a CPA needs to do. I don't need her to know managed services. She just needs to know how to, you know, look at a, you know, and do her job, and that she's perfect at it. Same way with HR. Um, I don't claim to be an HR professional at all. Some people say I'm a walking HR violation because because of my passion gets in the way sometimes. But shouldn't laugh about uh, that, but I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that. But I have an HR professional on staff who, you know, makes sure that the employee the, employee, the employment records are kept up to date. The offer letters are going out. The rate rejection letters are going out. You know, if we're not going to hire somebody because. I know what I would do if somebody wasn't fit. I would just say an email. Yeah, sorry, you're not a fit. We're not going to hire you. But they put it a little bit more elegantly than that, right? But right. Uh, you know, that's I. You know, I, I need I as a business owner need to focus on what I do best and trust that others who are equally skilled in their expertise are going to play at the same level I play at doing marketing, but for accounting, HR, you know, what other other services we outsource. Okay. Or higher We're almost at the end of the show, so I want to make sure you share how people can reach you. Yeah, so you know our website is ulistic.com. It's U-L-I-S-T-I-C uh, dot com. Um, and if you want to send me a, an email, uh, feel free. Probably the easiest one to send an info at ulistic.com. Then that'll get to me. Um, those are probably the, the best way you can get our phone number off of our website. And uh, you know, I welcome anybody. If you have a question or you just want to share some feedback, feel free to. Uh, you know, drop me a line. I, I try to get back to every email, you know, within 24 hours. But if somehow it gets buried into my inbox, feel free to send me another one. Just say, hey, I'm wait, still waiting for a response. I think that's a perfect reminder for people, too. People assume that they send one email that it actually made it through. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I are technical. We know, we know otherwise. We so know otherwise. <laughs> Never assume that. And if you really want to be sure, pick up a phone and call. That's exactly. The best way to be sure the, the about phone, it. The phone, the phone is becoming a dying, a dying uh, method for communication, and I wish you would go back to people talking to each other versus texting or email. But uh, that everything will come back full circle. That always does. 
Yeah, I know they say it's dying, but there's still more cellular numbers being given out every day. And Florida, in the Orlando area, they've now had to add another area code. Wow. So, you know, it's not completely dying. I think it's just been transformed as to how we do business via it. But, I, I, you know, my pet peeve before the end of the show, I can't stand it when people call and don't leave a message and expect me to go through my caller ID and call them back when I don't even know why they called. <laughs> yeah, I feel your pain there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quick 30-second last thought, Stuart. You know, the, at the end of the day, um, I'm just going to go back to demonstrating to people how much you care. That's the best marketing tip I can give you today is, do this. Pick up the phone and call your best three clients and just, just say thank you for allowing you to service them for as many years that you did or months, whatever. If you do that and do that every single week, you'll start creating that army of raving fans. Oh, I love it. Something so simple as that. I also like sending uh, handwritten cards. Because so it's so not done anymore that it stands out. Endless referrals from Bob Burke taught me the value of that. Yeah, absolutely. He's such a brilliant man. Anyway, thanks again for being on the show today, Stuart. Very grateful. Thank you very much. Love having having you. And everybody, remember the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. See you next week. Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.